Amen, amen, amen. I want to welcome y'all to Liberty Christian Church International and our midweek Bible study. This is the day that the Lord has made and we shall rejoice and be glad in it. We are going to jump into the word on this evening. I'm so excited, y'all. For those that are online right now, I tell you this each and every Wednesday, do me a favor. Share this with at least five people while you're standing there cooking your dinner. Uh, But I need you to grab your notepads, your iPads, your Bibles, um, all your utensils to study. Um, I say this constantly because the Bible declares for us to study, to show thyselves approved, a workman who need not be ashamed but rightly dividing the word of God. And we are going to go before the throne in prayer. I'm not going to uh, prolong this evening because there is a lot of information that I want to um, get out to you that we're going to deal with. Uh, and so let's, let's make sure our hearts and minds are clear as we go before the throne in the word. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you, God, for this time. We thank you, God, for your presence. We thank you, God, for your holiness. We thank you, God, for your righteousness. We thank you because you are King of kings and Lord of lords. We thank you because you created this day that is like none other. Um, There is no other day that uh, that we've ever had in our life that matches what has taken place and happened and what you have done on this day. So, God, we simply say thank you. We thank you, God, for giving us safety. We thank you, God, for traveling mercies. We thank you, God, for... uh, sending your Holy Spirit that has covered us on today and brought us through today. And God, right now, we ask you to forgive us of all of our sins, sins of our deeds, our action, our thoughts. God, sins against your will, your purpose, and your plan. And God, we ask you right now to cast those sins into the sea of forgiveness, never to be remembered again. And God, we ask right now that you, uh, that you clear our hearts, that you clear our minds so that we can receive the word, so that we can hear from you, God, so that we can move and operate according to your plan for our life. It is in your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Let's give God a hand clap of praise. Amen. Listen, if you are anywhere close to the Forestville area, you can join us right here at 7842 Parston Drive. Uh, we have our services at the City of David Ministries, and we want to invite you out right now. We'll be here for about an hour, so if you around the corner at Ross's, or if you at the grocery store, or Rose's, or you the grocery store, Save-A-Lot, Shoppers, or you at Forestville Mall, yeah, come right on up here to Ritchie Road and turn in and stop in and get a word. You picked up everything else for the day. You might be at Target, <laughs> but you right around the corner, and you done picked up all the stuff you need physically Now, come get what you need spiritually. Amen. And so do me a favor. Lift up your Bibles because I'm excited about this evening. And let's make our Bible declaration. Lord, I thank you that I have a Bible. It is my personal copy of God's purpose, God's plan, and God's design for my life. Therefore, I am a believer and not a doubter. I'm not just a hearer, but I'm also a doer. And my life has been better. After hearing the word of the living God, in Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Listen, so for the last couple of weeks, I have been dealing with this thought, and we have moved into this realm of being a prophetic church, more prophetic, uh, seeking God for the prophetic in all that we do and all that we say. Last week in Bible study, I got into this topic of prophetic 
declarate or prophetic revelation. And so this week, I want to deal with this topic, uh, the characteristics of the prophet. Yeah, the characteristics of the prophet. But I want you to first, uh, let's look at our scripture real quick in uh, First Chronicles that I have laid down uh, as part of our foundation. First Chronicles, the 12th chapter, looking at the 32nd verse. It's very simple, real, real simple uh, scripture. And it says, and, and when you grab that, because like I told you, I got a lot for you all on this evening. When you grab that, uh, let's look at it. And it basically says this, of the sons, we're reading from the New King James Version, um, of the sons of Issachar who had understanding of the times, to know what Israel ought to do, it said their chiefs were 200 and all their brethren were at their command. Now, last week I talked about what it meant to be prophetic and deal with the revelation. Um, this scripture right here tells us that the sons of Issachar, they, they were men that were wise. They were men that the king sought out for advice. They were men that, the, uh, that, that, that led and guided the children of Israel. Last week I told you that the scripture also in the 33rd verse talks about that they were men who were prepared for war. They were excellent at war. They, uh, they built the they had the, uh, the, the materials for war. They, they, they were excellent at this. And right now, I need us to become these sons. Because right now, no matter how nice it is, no matter how much money we have, no matter how nice of a job we have, we have to realize that we are in a spiritual war. We're constantly dealing with spiritual battles. Uh, how many people can sit there and say that, uh, that every day of their life they have not had to fight spiritually? Uh, I, I believe really if we talked about it, if we handed a microphone around, that you could think of the different spiritual battles that you had to go through when your mind is not acting right and you know it's the enemy attacking your mind. When, when you deal with low self-esteem and you feel like your, your worth and your value and your self-value is not up to par. It's not God giving you those thoughts. It's the enemy playing off of the situations that you've been through, the circumstances that you might even be in, and he tells you that, no, you're not worthy of God. You're not worthy of his grace. You're not worthy of his mercy. But we have to uh, grab hold of our weapons of war. And if we're going to be a prophetic church, we need to be prepared uh, with multiple tools and utensils for this war. Yeah, because the enemy is not playing fair. The enemy does not want to play fair. Matter of fact, the enemy, his whole design is to kill, steal, and destroy. The Bible said, but I came that you might have life. But then when we also hear about the enemy, he's what? He's the father of lies. So everything that the enemy says to you is a lie. I don't care how he dresses it up. The enemy knows how to use the word. So no matter what, but when he tells it to you, we have to have the strength, the fortitude, we have to have the understanding to fight against it with the word, the way that the word is supposed to do. Amen? We have to be able to stand up and war against the enemy's tactics. He goes around as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Yeah, he, the Bible says that, that, that we are overcome by the words of our testimony. The Bible says that in the evil day that we have to be able to do what? Stand. 
And the enemy would tell you, no, just, just, just go ahead and lay down. God, ain't, God don't care about you. God ain't worried about you. But in the prophetic sense, we're not just doing it for us. I told you this, that it says not just for you, but for your descendants. Not just for your descendants, but it says for your descendants, descendants. So everything that you are facing right now is not just about you. It sets the tone. It prophetically speaks to those seeds on the inside of you about generations to come. So if the enemy gets hold of you and you buy into his plan, then he has set up your generations to come. But when you buy into the plan of God, when you buy into his word, when you buy into his purpose in your life, now you have done what he said back in Genesis when he said, uh, he said, today I put before you blessings and cursings, life and death, choose life for you and your descendants. So now, if he's telling us to choose life for us and our descendants, you got to believe that if we choose death, it's for us and our descendants. So now, if the sons of Issachar, who, had, who were men who had understanding of the times, then we must realize that that same spirit that was back in Israel is here today. So there are men and women of God that God is releasing an understanding of this time. And when he's releasing this understanding of this time, we have to understand as prophets or prophetic people of God how to operate in that realm. That means we have to have an understanding of our characteristics because it's not by coincidence that we're here at Liberty. It's not by, by happenstance that your prophetic gifts are being stirred up. It's not by happenstance that you're dreaming more now than you ever have before. It's not by happenstance that you are seeing things that you dreamed when you 10 years ago begin to manifest in this season. So now once we've come together and we're on one accord, then the body functions on one accord. Amen? So now if we're functioning and, and, and we're operating on one accord because we know our assignment. See, too often times, and, and I'm, I, we got plenty of scripture to get into. Too often times when people come together, they don't know what one accord looks like. Because everybody wants to be the chief. Everybody wants to be the voice instead of allowing God to use you in that realm and in that aspect of who you are. Some people have prophetic gifts in administration. That means they can plan out the, the, the next 10 years for the ministry. Yeah. Somebody can be prophetic in finances. That doesn't mean they have to be behind the microphone. Because they know and see the season just like Joseph, where Joseph had the dream. Well, no, when Pharaoh had the dream and Joseph interpreted it, but Joseph's gift was the planning of what Egypt had to do for the next seven years. 
So see how the prophetic, no matter how the gift looks, it doesn't always mean you're at the forefront. Sometimes your prophetic gift requires the training. Your prophetic gift requires the, the person that says no when everybody wants to do something. That prophetic gift you have says, no, I need to tell them no. This is not the season for this. Yeah, but the characteristics, when we say prophetic, oh, God going, I got to be up there with the microphone. I'm the prophet of the house, and I'm about to tell everybody what's going to happen in their life. No, your prophetic gift, by definition, is a right word from God that applies in this season. Yeah, so so, so we're going to deal with something. But first, I need you to, I need to remind you again. This is what the word prophetic means. Prophetic is the Greek word, prophetic ketos. And that simply means accurately describing or predicting what will happen in the future or relating to a characteristic of a prophet or prophecy. Accurately describing. That's not just reaching and grabbing. Yeah, y'all heard, heard some of the prophecies that just reach and grab. It's like, okay, I'm, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say the person with the black hair sitting in the back. When it's 25 people with black hair. Oh, yeah, I'm going to shut up. <laughs> the accurately describing or predicting what will happen in the future. Throughout the Old Testament, that's all we see is prophets that accurately foretold the coming of Jesus. In a book that we are eventually going to get into, the book of Revelation, when God gave the, when Jesus revealed the end times to John, John did not expect or did not know it was not to gratify John. John just wrote, what God said, what God revealed, what God showed. It wasn't for John's accolade. John just wrote it, and because he was on the Isle of Patmos, he, he, he was in prison. He didn't know who was going to get that and read that, but he knew he had to release what God said. So that leads me to my second word, revelation. And what is, re what is revelation? Get this. The divine of supernatural disclosure. The divine of supernatural disclosure to humans. That means what God is revealing to you, and no matter what season you're in in your life, is revelation. If it has, get this, if it has not happened yet, then it becomes prophetic revelation. If it it, it, when you hear it, you write it down. What, what, what does Habakkuk 2 and 3 said? Write the vision and make it plain. Though the vision may tarry, it shall come to pass. That sounds like prophetic revelation. I'm writing down what God has revealed to me, even though it's not happening right now. Even though I can't see the manifestation. Anybody ever been in the club and God said, God said that you was coming out the club and you was like, God, I don't know about that. Anybody ever been somewhere in, in, in a place in their life 
where you was out of the will of God, but God showed you ministering. And you was like, what, God? <laughs> God, I'm about to go turn up. God, I'm about, me and my girls about to go hang out. We about to go turn up. We, what you mean some ministry, God? But God said, write the vision and make it plain. Okay, God, I'm going to write this down, but, yeah, I'm, I don't know about that, God. Maybe, maybe, you meant that, maybe you meant for me to give that to somebody else. Maybe it mean, maybe because I was in the dream, you just meant somebody close to me. <laughs> but he said, no, write the vision, make it plain, though the vision may tarry, it shall come to pass. But God, I don't see myself graduating from college. I barely got out of high school. Write the vision and make it plain. Though it may tear. God, I don't see me married. Nobody wants me. I'm broken down. I'm hurt. I've been through abuse. I've been broken. Um, I got five kids by five different baby daddies. And yet and still, who's going to want me? Write the vision and make it plain. Though the vision may tarry, it shall what? Come to pass. And so when you hear that, but then we don't, we don't put this word on that. We don't say the promises of God are yea and amen when it concerns us writing the vision. We'll say the promises of God are yea and amen when we need a blessing, when we need to get out of trouble. God, but your promises are yea and amen all day long. But when I tell you who God, who, when I tell you who you're supposed to be, you don't believe my promises are yea and amen. You want to you, you tell me every excuse in the book because you don't see it. God said, I'm not worried about if you see it, but I'm revealing to you what I see. The Bible said that God looks at what? The inside of man while man looks at the outside appearance. So now, if, if we are understanding prophetic revelation and we're understanding where we are in our life, Let's get to some real word on tonight. <laughs> I did all of that just to give you an introduction about dealing with the characteristics of the prophet. If I asked you, if, if I asked y'all, and, and somebody can type this out on, on Facebook or Twitter or whoever's watching us, what do you believe the characteristics of a prophet are, what would you say? Matter of fact, I'm going to hand y'all the microphone tonight. Y'all going to help me. Y'all can take turns. <laughs> Speaking of the right now word of God, what he has in store for us right now. The characteristics? Yeah, okay. one. That's one. Y'all can, can take, y'all can go back and forth. Whoever wants to say. I think most of all is Honesty. Honesty. The characteristics of the prophet is honesty. All right. Yeah, just, just turn the microphone off. Y'all keep it down there with y'all because y'all going to, I'm coming back to y'all. Mm -hmm. Open up your Bibles to Galatians 5. Galatians 5. We're going to start with the 13th verse. Galatians 5, starting with the 13th verse. And 
and, and I need to set the tone for this. From the, New Amer- from the New King James Bible. And it says this. I told you I'm excited about this word tonight. I'm truly excited about this word. It says, for you, brethren, have been called to what? I, I may, matter of fact, maybe I, maybe I just, I missed that. Can, for you, brethren, have been called to liberty. What's our church? I'm, I'm going to leave. Only do not use what? Liberty as an opportunity for the flesh. But through love, serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. I, you know, we could, I could preach that all by itself. Do we love our neighbor as we love ourselves? That I, I live somewhere where... Every time I come out of my house, it smells like weed. I come home, and the smell is so strong, it has seeped into my house. But God says, love your neighbor as yourself. So God, you mean I still got to show this person love like I love me? God said, weren't you once in filthy rags? But I loved you. God, but, 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 but my life different, God. <laughs> my life different. I, I got myself... But wasn't there a time when you kept coming to me saying, God, if you get me out of this situation, I'll turn over my life. And as soon as I got you out of that situation, five minutes later, you was thinking about the next bad situation you wanted to get into. But God, I, I came around at some point. So why can't you show that same love to those with the intentions of just showing me that may bring them out of the place that they at. But God, <laughs> no, but he said, love your neighbors as yourself. But, verse number 15, but if you bite mm, 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 and devour one another, beware lest you be consumed by one another. I say then, I love this scripture right here. And I use this scripture constantly. Walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another. So that you do not do that thing that you wish. I need to say that again. For the lust of, for the flesh lust against your spirit. You ever been in, you ever been in a place where you was in your prayer closet and you was praying and you felt 
and you was like, yes, God, I got all the power in the world. I'm about to go out here and I'm about to bring 20 souls to you. And you walk out your prayer closet and you got a text or you, your spouse or, or, or somebody in your family calls you and they dig into your flesh and you can't remember what it was that you was doing 20 minutes before with God. You like, man, I'm, I'm riled up. I'm ready to fight. I'm ready. I'm, that person at work done got on your nerves. You done got in your car and you, you, you got your praise and worship music playing and you riding down the street and that joker don't see you coming down the street and they pull right out in front of you and you got to slam on brakes and you ain't say, Lord Jesus, you said some other things out of your mouth and you can't remember the scripture that God had just said to you where he said, I will fight your battles for you. He said, I'll protect you from danger seen and unseen. You done rolled up on the accident and you like, I'm going to be late for work. But God said, because I told you I'm going to protect you from danger seen and unseen, that accident was meant for you. But you don't realize it because now you're late for work and you got so many other things on your mind. But that same power you had in your prayer closet is being relevant right now. But you can't see it because your flesh is lusting after your spirit. And then it said, and the spirit against the flesh. Why? Because our, if, if, our, if God's ways are not our ways, God's thoughts are not our thoughts, our spirit man desires, they both desire what the other one has. <laughs> your flesh desires the intimacy with God, and your spirit desires the access and availability that your flesh has. He said, for the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary to one another. So if one is wanting the other, what the other one has, and the other one is saying, I want this, then that means, and when you're operating under the authority of God, that it should be something that's keeping them both from being in agreement. Because when they both are in agreement, you begin to operate dangerously. Mm -hmm. So that you do not do the things that you wish. Yeah. You do not do the things that you wish. Then it says, but if you are led by the Spirit. How many people can say that they allow the Spirit to lead them in everything that they do? Every single thing. God, when I go shopping, Lord, Lord, send me down the right aisle. For, you know, God, I ain't got but $70 in my pocket, and I got to feed my family for the next week and a half. Send me down the right aisle. Put a brand new pack of chicken out there, God. Uh, see, I used to think it was crazy when I was younger, and we would pray before we went everywhere. Until I was on the way with my godmother to work with her one day. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> I was on the way to work with her one day, and we ran out of gas, and she worked way out in Upper Marlboro. And we ran out of gas. We were still maybe 
five, ten miles away from her job. And we were sitting on the side of the road, six o'clock in the morning. And she began to pray. That's all she did. She just began to pray. I'm just sitting there, a little five, six-year-old child. What are we about to do? Scared, we sitting on the side of the road. She just begins to pray. Lo and behold, soon as she began to pray, one of her coworkers pulled right up behind us. I saw y'all sitting there. You need some help? But if you are led by the Spirit, what if we operated that way prophetically in all that we do? Not after the initial reaction, but as soon as the situation happens. Because, you know, after we done blew up at somebody, then we like to go to the prayer closet. Lord, forgive me for acting that way. I'm sorry. It was just my reaction. But what if we change our, our fleshly reaction to matching that that is led by the Spirit in order for us to begin to see how God wants us to react? Just imagine if Jesus acted in the flesh when Judas came and kissed him. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't know if I'd have been able to. If I already knew that Judas was getting ready to betray me, and he come kiss me talking about rabbi. Or even when, I was at the, when he was at the table serving communion. And he, and he told, and, and we, we, we automatically assumed that, uh, uh, that it was Peter or John that, that leaned over. And he said, the one I give this bread to is the one that will betray me. Just imagine if Jesus reacted in his flesh. Are you serious? Slim, you've been here with me all this time? And, it's so, and you eating at my table? And as soon as you get up, I, I done looked out for you. I done did all of this for you. But because he had prophetic revelation of his father's will needing to be done, he knew it and still had to allow it. What if you knew the hell you was going to have to go through in life? Could you believe, could you allow yourself to go through it because God said, I know your end from your beginning. It says, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. And I want to get through this because now the works of the flesh, somebody say the flesh, get this, are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness. Now, I could pull up about, if, if, if I could pull up maybe on YouTube or go to Facebook and probably pull up 101 posts right now that involve adultery, fornication, uncleanness, and lewdness. It said those are the works of the what? The flesh. They said they're evident. He said not only lewdness, he said idolatry. Sorcery, hatred, contention, 
jealousies, outbursts, and wrath, selfish, maybe I don't need to say this one when I'm dealing with the prophetic, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies. God, you done came down just about everybody's street. (laughs) Envy, murder. Isn't it, it, that, that, that word envy, isn't it funny that this whole prophetic turn that God has taken us on started when I preached Monster in Me and dealt with and was about the Sunday that we were supposed to go into envy is when we shifted. It says envy, murders, drunkenness. Well, that, that just shut down. A lot of people. (laughs) Revelries. Wow. How many people are you in competition with in your own family? And the like of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. He didn't say that they may not inherit the kingdom of God. He didn't say that they get a pass on it. He said those who practice. It's a difference when you practice something than when you make the mistake of doing something. When you practice something, that means you've gotten good at it. Yeah. If I know some people who could drink you under the table. They've gotten good at it. They've practiced it. I know some people who you, I, back in the day, I can't give out no names. I, 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 I ain't going there. But some people back in the day, when you needed something done, they were good at what they did. They practiced what they did. The Bible said that they will not inherit the kingdom of God. But verse number 22 says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. I would tell you to turn to your neighbor and tell your neighbor something. But I'm going to ask you to look at yourself in your mirror and say self-control. As a matter of fact, somebody take a selfie of them saying self-control to yourself. Yeah, because I need you all to replay that back in those moments and in those times where you know you ain't got no self-control. Because somehow when we go through situations, we forget what God's word says. Self-control against none, against such there is no law. There needs to be, there doesn't need to be a law when we're dealing with what God has commanded and we're functioning and operating in it. Verse number 24 says this, and those who are Christ have crucified what? The flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the spirit, Let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, 
Yeah, because I need, because I, I told you we get ready to get into the characteristics of the prophet. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. My prophecy ain't got to, what God revealed to me, it ain't got to be in comp- competition with what God revealed to you. Yeah, mm-hmm. He said, provoking one another, envying one another, the gift that God gave me does not have to be in competition with the gift that God gave you. I ain't got to go home and practice how to hoop. I don't have to go home and practice how to line hymns because I want to be yeah, yeah. See, you, you see what I'm saying? This, this, this prophetic word and this prophetic culture that we're walking into is getting ready to set us free in liberty. The scripture said what? Those who are in liberty. This, we're, we're, setting, we're setting a new standard. And what did I say Sunday? When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord raises up a standard. We are setting a new standard because the way we will walk in liberty is not in competition. It's on one accord. It's not about who gift is the best. It's not about who preaches the best. It's not about who sings the best. It's about functioning and operating on one accord to draw men and women into the kingdom of God so that we can become kingdom citizens that are going to a better place. Because what good is it to have these gifts if they're tainted? So get this. The characteristics of the the prophet. Number one, I got 20 minutes, y'all. The prophet, the people that operate prophetically need to express themselves. They need to express their thoughts and their ideas verbally. You ever, get, you ever be so frustrated because somebody just does not want to hear what you have to say and you're trying to convey a thought, you're trying to say this is what's going on, this is what's taking place, and constantly they're shutting you down they, and you're simply saying, would you just listen to me? I find myself doing this all the time. When I, Please just listen to me. I'm, I'm trying, I don't have to be the perfect one, it, but I need you to at least hear my thoughts. They, they, they need to express their ideas verbally, especially when matters of right or wrong are involved. Yeah. When you look at the written account of the Gospels, Peter, who clearly had the gift of prophecy, smoke, spoke more often than any other disciple. He also became the spokesman for the early church. Now, I didn't have time to write these scriptures, I mean, to get these scriptures printed up, but I'm going to read them to you. Acts, the second chapter, looking at the 14th verse, and I know we get ready to celebrate Pentecost, and uh, most people, only, the only thing they really realize about Pentecost is that it was in the second chapter. But the 14th verse says this, but Peter, standing up with the 11, raised his voice and said to them, men of Judea and all 
who dwell in Jerusalem. Let this be known to you and heed my words. Let this be known to you because the prophet, those that are prophetic, hear the voice of God and they have to verbally communicate it. Acts 3, verse 12. Acts 3, verse 12. If you're online, please somebody type this out. Acts 3, verse 12 says this. So when Peter saw it, he responded to the people, Men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or why look so intently at us as though by our own power or godliness we had made this man walk? Peter was saying, listen, the, the, the word of prophecy, the prophetic word, the gift that God has given us is not of our own might. We don't heal this man. We didn't tell this man to get up and walk just because we can, but it was by the power of God. It's by what God said. Look again, Acts the fourth chapter in the eighth verse. fourth chapter, eighth verse. It says this. Once again, I told you, I told you Peter was prophetic. See, most people jump automatically and, and chill with Paul and everything, and they, they see that. But Peter had true prophetic gift. Peter is the same one that, that when, when, uh, when Jesus said, who do men say that I am? And Jesus declared, upon this rock, I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. Peter said, thou art the son of God. And Jesus said, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my father, prophetic word. Jesus, it was revealed to Peter who Jesus was, not just by Jesus' actions, but by the Father revealing it to him in the season that it was needed. Mm -hmm. 4 and 8 says this, Then Peter, filled with the, what? Holy Spirit. Rule number one, prophets need to be filled. Prophetic people need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Not a form of godliness, because then you become a sorcerer, a soothsayer, a fortune teller, a seer. But the prophets and the prophetess and the prophetic people of God have to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It said, then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders of Israel. If this, if this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means has he, by what means he has been made well? Let it be known to all of you. Pro prophecy, it allows it to be known. The word of God, the voice of God, the actions of God. Last one in the book of Acts. 11th chapter. Looking at the fourth verse. This Bible study, right? So we should, be, we, we should be turning in the Bible, right? I, I just want to make sure. But Peter explained it to them in order from the beginning saying. You hear that? And Peter explained to them in order. 
First thing I said, the prophet should be filled with the Holy Spirit, right? Number two, the prophet operates or the prophetic person operates in order. Not order of the church service, in order with the Word of God. The prophet, even in his, in his or her needs to express themselves, they operate in order. They operate with the Holy Spirit. They don't operate out. What, what did we say last week that when we talked about the prophets? Those prophets that were not of God seem to want to use, thus saith the Lord. And God said, hold on, you will know my prophets because they won't say, thus saith the Lord. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> we automatically, see, that's the problem, and, 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 and I'm about to offend somebody else, 10 more people. That's the problem with a lot of people because we don't get into the word of God so when what is revealed or what is said to us simply because a demon says, thus saith the Lord, we end up in a worse place off because we automatically assume it's the word of God and we don't try the spirit by the spirit. We don't study to show ourselves approved, a workman who need not be ashamed. No, the pastor, you got that, pastor, you study. I ain't got time. I got to work. So when the enemy comes in and he tells you whatever he wants to tell you and you ain't opened this up because he said, thus saith the Lord, so many people are ending up in a place that God never intended for them. And then they get mad at God. But you never did your work when it came to understanding. Was that what God said? Somebody could walk in the church right now and say, the bank around the corner said they'd give you a million dollars. All you got to do is go break that glass on the window. Am I going to be the dumb one that goes up to that bank? Oh, somebody said that the bank said that you would give me a million dollars if I bust your front window. And just because, I, just because somebody said the bank said it, I'm supposed to take that? Mm -hmm. Just because he told you, ladies, just because he told you I'm from God, just because he told you God sent me or God told me that you would be my wife and he ain't a bit more know God, God told me that you're supposed to go to the dealership and co-sign for my car. God said, when we get to the gas station, because I'm the king of the castle, you get out and pump the gas while I'm going to sit right here and look, and look nice. But, but see what I mean? When, when we say stuff like that, we can, we, can, we can discern that that's not of God. But what happens when tall, dark, and handsome 
comes up and he drives the bins and he has the pocket full of money and he has the big house and he gives you all your sweet nothings and, and whispers everything that you want to hear in your ear and, and he can buy you all the flowers and stuff. But all he asks you to do is lay down with him in the bed and, and no, no commitment, no ring, no none of that, but he gives you all of that and you say, God, is this the one? God, is this the one you sent me? Yeah, I'm going to keep going. <laughs> but do you also understand that there are misuses of the traits of the prophets? Get this. The misuses include this. The prophet will expose without restoring. They will expose your sin, but give you no way of salvation or no way of getting back into the grace of God. They can tell you everything you did wrong. This is the misuse of the gift, but they won't, they won't get down on, the, on, on their knees with you and pray. But they can tell you what you did wrong. They will expose without restoring. Somebody say, I'm teaching this thing tonight. Yeah, 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 yeah. A prophet's primary concern about stopping the spread of evil tends to motivate him to expose a sinner rather than restore him. However, the Bible instructs us to do this. If any man be overtaken in fault. He didn't say some. He said, if any man be overtaken in fault, ye which are spiritual... Restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. That's Galatians 6 and 1. The prophet's assignment does not stop at just exposing. The true prophet, if you're not misusing your ability or your gifting or your anointing, it helps restore. The prophet should believe that exposure of a sin is the first step of restoration, and he should work to complete the process. Mm -hmm. I got about six minutes, and I, and I generally know I ain't going to get through everything. But the prophet... He exposes, but he, he gets in with, he or her gets in with their hands to help with the restoration. You know how when you're angry, you want to expose everybody's sin? Mm -hmm. Your assignment includes the restoration. <laughs> he didn't say some people. He didn't say just the people that I like that I should restore. Those that have the prophetic have a prophetic gift. Those that God reveals things to. It's not just for the revelation of it. It's not just to expose the sin, but it's so that the sin and the sinner can be restored. I'm going to say that again. 
the sin rebuked, the sinner restored. I need you to think about about 10 people that you are willing to expose their sin but not help the sinner be restored. He said, if any man be overtaken in a fault, that includes us. I, matter of fact, let, 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 let me be transparent a minute. Are there things that have happened in my past that I pray to God nobody ever finds out? Mm-hmm. Anybody, anything in your past that you pray to God that nobody finds out? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He said, but those who are spiritual, restore such a one when you find out. Not gossip. And I'm, and I'm just going to park on this first one that we, we talked about, need to express himself. But not gossip about the sin. See, there are a lot of people who have walked away from the church because someone has gotten a whiff of their sin and exposed their sin without restoration. There are people who will never walk back in another church who need a relationship with God who need the fellowship with the saints, but because somebody has exposed them out of gossip, out of anger, out of malice, and never offered any restoration, or to walk with them through restoration, now they have damaged a soul that never wants to see the face of God. Because the thought is, if God operates like this, why do I need to come out of the world? If God is going to expose me and not love me in my exposure, why should I, oper why should I even be here when I can get the same thing from the world? And matter of fact, from the world, they're not going to condemn me. The world is going to tell me I'm okay. But the church has told too many people I told you we're going to be different around here. The world, the, 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 the religion, the spirit of religion in the church has offered too many people up as a sacrifice to tell, to show that, there are so, that they are so holy, that they are so righteous, but they've never offered the love of God, which our scripture tells us what? If I go back to our scripture, the first thing that it says is what? But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, and kindness. So while I'm exposing, I'm restoring in love. The old mothers of the church used to bring the young ladies in that came with the little shirts, short skirts on in the church. They would sit them down up front. Baby, here, we don't wear this in church. The younger generation, because they grew up in church and they know, they know what they're supposed to wear to church. Oh, y'all see her coming here? What's she coming here dressed like that for? Why she do all that? Why he doing all that? Why, he, he'll, he know he ain't supposed to come in here smelling like a pack of cigarettes? 
And they like this. Ugh. I don't, matter of fact, move down the road. Come on, kids, slide down. Exposure, but no restoration. Walk in the church like this. This is the, this is the super sanctified walk in the church. And I'm done right now, y'all. Walk in the church with their purse and, and, the, and, and the homeless man standing outside. Ma'am, you got any spare change? Get away from here. You shouldn't be in front of the church. You know we got Sunday service here. I, I'm tired of seeing all these, this riffraff in front of the church. They bother me when I come in here. But have you taken the time when, when you walking in to say, you know what, I see you down, but do you know that God still loves you? I've seen, I've driven in the city and seen church people dressed up in their three-piece suits and their nice dresses standing at the bus stop. And they all huddle together while a teenage boy that, that you can tell is homeless is sitting there looking broken down that just needs a word to, to let them know that their life matters. See, prophetic revelation and the prophetic people of God is not just a show in the church. And I just offended about 12 more people right there. The prophetic word of God is just not on display when somebody hands you the microphone and says, what does thus saith the Lord? The prophetic word of God is not just meant for those that dress up nicely and come sit in service. The prophetic word of God, when you walk into the grocery store and your heart is so compelled to speak to that person outside the store that's just sitting there. That mother, that prophetic word when you get behind somebody and God tells you to pay for that person's food in front of you and you like, God, I ain't got but. But God didn't say you ain't got but. God said, do this. He said, for what you do to the least of these, you do also unto me. Yes, pro prophecy sounds flattering. It sounds good because the church has gotten into this spirit of religion where we, own, where we gotta bring in uh, the major prophets. We gotta bring them in and they gonna tell somebody that you gonna get a million dollar house right here. They gonna tell somebody all this other stuff. But the people that need to hear a prophetic word are outside the church. And the people that need to hear a prophetic word that need to know that God loves them aren't even coming into the church because they've been broken, they've been hurt, they've been abused, and we need to stop standing behind the pulpit looking high and mighty and step outside of the pulpit and become who God called us to be to the people that God called us to because we are called to the lost. We're called to the lost to redeem the souls of the lost. To redeem. That's what the prophet, that's why Jesus came. He said, I can't, I didn't come for those that were well. I came for those that were sick. The church is supposed to be the hospital. When, when the doctor looks at your chart, when you go to the hospital and you tell the doctor all your symptoms, he looks at the chart. 
he makes a prophetic diagnosis. I believe this is what's wrong with you. That's who we have to become. We have to become those that are practicing. If all hearts and minds are full. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, God, for this evening. We thank you, God, that as we are creating this atmosphere of the prophetic, that it's not just bound in these four walls, God. We ask, God, that as everywhere we go, everything that is within us begins to operate prophetically in the world. God, there are people that need to hear from you. There are people that are waiting for what you are releasing in your last days. You said in your last days that you would that you will pour your spirit out. And we would have dreams and we would have visions. It's not just to be told in the church. But if we are the church, we are to take those dreams and those visions and release them. Whether it's a, a vision or dream of conviction, we are to operate in love with it, God. And no matter what the season is, God, we thank you, God, that you are releasing it into this house right now. So, God, every person under the sound of my voice, whether you're streaming or whether you're in the house, God, release prophetically your anointing that causes captives to be set free, that causes praise to break open jail cells and, and break off shackles, that causes word, prophetic word, to change the course of that person ready to commit suicide, that causes change in the lives of that person who is on the verge of letting go and breaking down, that needs to know that there is a God. God, we ask right now that the prophetic release begin to pour out of, of this house, out of our hearts, out of our minds, out of our hands, that when we walk past people, that your anointing will heal people prophetically, that God that you will release into our minds in the late night dreams about others, that you will release into our minds visions concerning others. God, that, that we will have encounters with others, no matter whether we're at work, whether we're in the store, whether we're at the light, God, that we will begin to reveal what your word says in this season and in this time, that it will deliver, it will heal, it will set the captives free, and it will make kingdom citizens. And the Bible declares that whom the sun sets free is truly free indeed. God, we thank you right now for the operation of the prophetic. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you for your holiness. And let us not use it for personal gain. Let us accept it and all that comes with it. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Let's give God a hand clap of praise. Amen. I told y'all, this thing is growing, y'all. I can't even explain it. This thing is growing. And God is getting ready to do something amazing. He's releasing us into a new level. We're, 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 we're reaching into a new level, Liberty. <sighs> y'all fool. Y'all fool? <laughs> Y'all fool and I'm drained. 
<laughs> but I thank God. And for those that are watching, those that have tuned in, those that are that would love to come out, we would love to worship with you on this Sunday. This is our Youth Sunday. Amen. It's our Youth Sunday. Amen. And I'm, and I'm even releasing what I'm preaching this weekend. This Sunday is Pentecost Sunday, but guess what? For our young people, I'm releasing, uh, it's the three R's. Real, righteous, and relevant. Real, righteous, and relevant. And it's for our young people, and it's for you too. So I love you with the love of God. Be blessed. Go through the rest of this week and enjoy and prepare for your weekend. We got some twins this weekend that are celebrating their 11th birthday. I can't wait. Amen. And so we are going to have a ball coming this weekend. Live on purpose. Live for purpose. But most importantly, live in God's purpose. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. If you want to sow into liberty, yeah, at the bottom of our screen are our, uh, our ways that you can sow into liberty. Um, we, it, you are sowing into fertile and good ground. Amen. If you're looking for a place to be planted and rooted to grow, liberty is that place. Amen. I, I, I know there are a million and one churches, but there's no church like liberty. Amen. And so be blessed. Have a wonderful week. Go in peace. And I love you with the love of God. Amen.